0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Everyone. Welcome to Getting On Top. I'm your host, Paul Morris. And we're here uh, Tuesdays, that is, usually from 4 to 4.30. But uh, this show today is at 4.30 to 5. We may go a little over. And um, we broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State. you out of town, it's just the uh, northern suburbs of New York City up the Hudson River. And... Uh, and uh, today we're going to uh, talk about the dark side of the human experience if anyone uh, would like to call in with a question or a comment for me and my guest you could dial 13472159456 and i'm very pleased today to have back uh, penny cohen penny is a licensed clinical social worker and uh She is uh, joining me today to uh, help uh, talk about the dark side of the human experience. Okay. The closer it is said, the closer we approach the light, the greater our shadow becomes. And why does this seemingly contradictory reality exist? How true is the common belief that we all possess a dark side? So if the dark side does exist, How adversely does it affect our lives, and what can we do about making things better? Now, just to start off, hi, Penny.
2: Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me on again.
1: My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, I just want to read a little paragraph I wrote. Um, What makes our dark side dark? The feelings and memories that inhabit our dark side are those that we try to put in a place in our psyche so that they are out of the way as much as possible. And we spend the rest of our lives hiding from them, trying to make believe they don't exist, and most often attempting to live our lives in such a way as to disprove their very existence. Unfortunately, this approach always backfires, Because the nature of this beast is that when we act that way, it only grows stronger, more insidious, and exerts more power over us, the more it is denied. So that's my opening statement. And uh, what say you, Penny?
2: Wow, there was a lot in that. Very well written. Very well
1: written. (laughs) I I just got finished reading a book on it because I... I didn't really get it when we talked about doing it. I mean, it was something that fascinated me. But I, but I, I read this book uh, from uh, Deepak Chopra, Debbie Ford, and uh, Marion Williamson. They all wrote a you know a third of the book, and uh-huh. uh, Debbie Ford really came through. She, I got it when I read what she oh, had. Oh, And okay. so that's 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 a summation or part of a summation of what I got from her. So. Um,
2: well, you, what, you know, take? the dark side is the side we're not willing to look at regarding ourselves, our negative, our, our demeaning behaviors, times when we withdrew instead of speaking up, time, our angry self. A lot of people don't want to look at that side of ourselves. Not only that, we avoid our feelings. Like you said at some point, something like uh, looking at our thoughts and memories, or we want to avoid our thoughts and memories. And often that's when people turn to addictions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, instead of, unfortunately, we're not taught as children how to feel our feelings and process them. And that's because our parents didn't know how to do that. And even today, a lot of people don't know how to do that. And processing our feelings is learning how to feel what I call core feelings. Meaning, very often, will express feelings by saying, "I'm angry at him. I'm depressed. You know about depression, Paul. You've written about it. You yes. teach it. Okay. Right. And or I'm I've been betrayed, or abandoned, or disappointed. And they think they're expressing feelings, and they are, but they're thought feelings, not necessarily felt feelings. And felt feelings Uh are what we feel as a result of what other people have done to us. So what's going on under the anger? What's the deeper feeling under the anger? And it's often shame, grief, or powerlessness for anger. What's going on under feeling alone? Or or um, it could be hurt, sad, lonely, or even hate. And then under depression is generally fear. And if we can learn how to feel those feelings, okay, those feelings are the dark side, those feelings that we won't admit. Then a process I do with people is to ask themselves what does this remind you of from childhood? Well, your mother forgot to pick you up from the playground Mm -hmm. on
1: time and you're sitting there. I heard that one. (laughs) (laughs) You experienced
2: (laughs) it. No,
1: no, I didn't. No, someone told me that I was working, yeah. She said that that was, like, the biggest thing that bothered her. No, I didn't. However. uh, Nobody picked me up. I went home myself.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: But no, one was there.
2: That bothered me. (laughs) But what happens is we formulated a a belief about ourselves and made a decision then. That's what becomes unconscious. Yes. And it still rules us today. That's where the dark side rules it. We may have formulated a belief I'm not important to my mother. And you make a decision. Either you're going to do everything perfect to please her. Or you're going to say, I need to act out in order to get her attention. And those beliefs and decisions rule us. But I also go to a different level with the dark side. I, I I don't know if you have anything to say about what I said,
1: but
2: the other level that I go to is that we could be carrying stuff, beliefs even from past lives or ancestral lineage influences,
1: Mm-hmm. Which are all well, just okay. I'm going to stop you here, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little. But I'm sure you oh,
2: can thanks a lot.
1: Easily handle it, or else I would uh, I would uh, ask you to. And coming uh, one one of the one of the sentences from from the book, which really uh, grabbed my attention, because I think it's very. Uh, Important, Maybe one of the most important things, and this is uh, what she said. The place where you hide your shadow, all right, the dark side, is the same place where you find your greatest gifts. Right. All right. I used to say it in a different way. Same thing, but said in a different way. Our greatest fears are like dragons guarding our greatest treasures. So why do you think that is? Why, why would the place? Okay, the place, our greatest fears are like dragons guarding our greatest treasures. In other words, the place where you hide your shadow is the same place where you find your greatest gifts. So I would say, let me start. I'll give you my opinion about it, and then you could see what you think. Is It's like a squeaky wheel. We come into this life trying to learn certain lessons. And, you know, we may choose our parents and and our circumstances and also possibly our emotional traumas so that, you know, the emotional trauma is a thing that bangs at us and, you know, tugs at us and bothers us. And, you know, it's trying to get our attention, too. In -hmm. other words... Something that doesn't stand out that you just struggle up isn't going to stay with you and get your attention throughout your life. So I'd say one of the reasons why it does that is because it needs addressing. Right. It needs your attention. And when you find it and, quote, conquer it, if you will, like like you slay the dragon, mm-hmm. uh, you find, you know, some power and you get a great gift. From it, something that you didn't realize you were you know you, you had because you were told you were clumsy or st- stupid or you can't you know you shouldn't speak out because you know you were laughed at in class, but maybe that's something that was very you know a gift that you that had was, and you hid
2: right, something for you to look into, and right. I do and believe maybe like you go ahead.
1: And maybe we you know we, we were given that that trauma so that we would pay attention to it and bring it out and discover it in ourselves and overcome and and overcome something you know some fears uh, you know in order to get there. so uh, it would make sense that something important would be hidden there because there's a tug there. The squeaky wheel again is something that's always bothering us, so we don't forget about it, and, you know, we need to dig in. But we need to climb the mountain in order to see the beautiful view, okay? We have to slay the dragon to get the beautiful maiden, if you will, all right, if you want to look at it that way. We have to overcome something in order to get the, you know, a prize or, or a, you know, a gift, if you will. So that's part of the concept of the of the dark side it uh you know it guides you in a way uh though it's something that you know we are afraid of I mean the only way you could be free is to bring it into the light. that's partly why we call it the dark side when you bring as you said when you bring it into the light and you deal with it, then it loses its power over you right
2: right. Um, and, and you know, the big thing is to look at what repetitive pattern, you know, people use the word trauma so quickly now. It, it's like thrown around like, you know, to me, trauma is whenever we get a constriction in our bodies because we're turning away from light and love. Okay, that's what trauma yeah. is. And there's all different levels and amounts of trauma, for sure. But it's looking at where there's constriction in the body that tells us we have to learn some lesson. And the messages, you know, can be varied from... um, We can get them in the form of dreams. We can get them in the form of... um, Recurring experiences, patterns of numbers, synchronicities, illness and pain, recurring words and phrases, hearing songs and lyrics. You know, it, it's interesting because these are messages from God or the light, and they could be positive or negative. They could be emotions that are out of place. They could be smells. They could be um, gut feelings. And trying to get in touch with those aspects is the challenge in life, I believe. Yeah. The, I think it also
1: leads us... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, Go ahead. No, I think Go ahead. that uh, a lot, you mentioned it before about you know, uh, drinking too much or taking drugs or having any uh, habits that are very bad for us, gambling addictions, uh, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, Yeah. all those things. But those, that's where when you you leave the light and you go, those are the things that that the dark side, if you will, draws us to. Things that are, are somewhat you know, almost painful, or we know it's bad for us, but, we, you know, we're looking for some kind of a charge to well, numb We're looking,
2: we're looking to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, get rid of the charge, and instead of learning how to process it, that's when we turn to the addictions to avoid the charge.
1: Meaning well, we're going deeper into the dark, like we, you said, we're we turning make away dark, from the that's light. That's right.
2: That's
1: right. Well, I think part of it is because, I, I believe, the part of it is because when we do that, uh, you know, we may have a charge, a positive feeling right at the beginning, but then it gets worse and worse because it's like when, you know, it's like torture, the worse the pain right. gets. The more possible you are is to change, and to stop where the pain is coming from, and turn it around. And uh, yeah. you know, you're not, you're going the uh, the bad way. It's never going to bring you. You know, it's like people who think because they take advantage of people and and uh, you know maybe gain material things. And they always try to get more and more, but it never satisfies because they're moving in the wrong direction. The Things like the money and those uh, material things, which are nice to have, surely, but if you get them just to, to try to make yourself feel better, that's never something that works because that's not something that overcomes the dark side, if you will. In fact, it makes us sometimes worse. We're apt to do things we shouldn't do in order to get more of that, and that just makes us feel worse about ourselves. It puts us in, a, in more of a negative uh, situation. So, you know, eventually you hit bottom, like they say uh, when people are alcoholics. Well,
2: you know, it's interesting. And then they come back. Because, right. Hitting bottom sometimes is the best thing that could happen, okay, because hitting bottom is really a when everything is lost mm. and all darkness comes to a new life like you just said. Joseph Campbell had said the dark night of the soul comes just before revelation. It's when everything is lost and then comes new life and all that is needed. I mean, I had that when I was going through divorce. And I lost thirty pounds in two weeks, and I stopped eating, wow. and I stopped sleeping and I was devastated i was even I had some suicidal ideation really and one day, while dusting furniture, I started crying hysterically and automatically screamed, "God, help me." And, that's, and I lay down in my bed and felt this incredible radiance surround me like soft pins and needles massaging my skin. And then I felt this warmth and love literally coming into me. And I remembered thinking, "This is the feeling of love without having someone to love." This is unconditional love. And I realized much later it was divine love. To me, the real light, the lightness. And so I i don't call it a near-death experience. I call it more like a near-nervous breakdown experience. But it was really when everything felt lost and all dark. And then the experience comes the new life. Now, I'm not saying anybody has to go through what I went through, but there are methods we can follow to open to that light in a balanced, systematic way. As a matter of fact, that was my research over a 25-year period, is how can you reach that state in Uh in a healthy state balanced way, and it is by overcoming the darkness, by being willing to look at what's inside us. There could even be decisions we made in past life, like past life vows, such as poverty. Okay? You you know, you're unable to be prosperous or feel abundant without experiencing guilt or shame. And that mm-hmm. might come from a belief that money is the root of all evil, or money is bad,
1: uh,
2: or so, a sexual so, lapse. Go ahead.
1: I think that's that's a you know very interesting uh, concept. That you you know I, it sound to me like you were ready. You asked for help, and you know the universe said yes. This is the time, and you got right. it. You know, I mean, it seemed to make complete sense. You know, it was your time, it was, you know, right time. I believe that we're here and, you know, it's like the game of life. And one of the rules of the game of life is I believe I discovered, I believe is true, is that, you know, God, nature, whatever, the universe, whatever you want to, what name you want to give it, uh says we don't interfere because if they interfere they ruin you know it doesn't work you have to be ready for it but uh, but I'm saying they don't the rule is they don't interfere, but the only time they might you know other than like somebody dies before their time, for instance, would be when someone asks for help it's called prayer and then right. after some what, when someone does pray and ask for help. They have to decide whether it's appropriate because it's not right. always answered, but it is when it's appropriate. It seemed like for you it was appropriate. It made a lot right. of sense, and it was sincere, and it was needed. And look oh, what happened. Sure, it was around. sincere, yeah. Yeah, and it was right, and you turned around and used that to help other people because that's right. The life went in another direction after that. So it exactly. all made look everything. The way I look at it is comment is is logic. It has to make sense. Life makes sense. It may not on the surface, but when you look underneath, it all like just like that. What you just talked about, it made sense. So therefore, it, it happened. Okay, <clears throat> and when the, and you know everything does make sense, and when it doesn't, then probably it. It's not right. You know, it should make sense. Things, we're, That's the way the world works. It works mechanically, and mechanics have to make sense. Otherwise, they don't work. Okay? It's that simple. So it all has to have a rhyme and reason to it. <clears throat> Again, well, why the dark side is there and why it nags at us is because it needs attention. So, right. and, and, you know, and when you, when you go there, there's something beautiful for you. You know, there's something that, but you gotta fight the dragon. You gotta slay your dragon first. That's that's you know, that's what you have to overcome. And
0: that
1: that analogy just means that you have the courage to grow. And you did. You had the courage to go back to school,
0: right? And you struggled.
1: Yeah, and struggled. And there was your gift. And I mean, that's the way it works. It's nothing's for nothing. You know, struggle is good. It's not a bad thing. You know, you have children, you have grandchildren, you let them struggle. And when the end of the struggle comes, they say, wow, look what I did. (laughs) But if you do it for them, (laughs) it's not the same You know, that's
2: a very interesting point also, because I have a lot of affluent clients, and they are so big on giving their children everything. And they don't allow them to struggle. And they're not right. self motivated. Right. The children. It's a problem. I, it's a problem. I, I do. Yeah. We have to learn well, how to deal with the issues.
1: Because one of the reasons I think why people do that. It's what it's a weakness on their part in the sense that they're not willing to forbear. I mean, it's fun to get you know. I have children, I have grandchildren. It's fun to you know do everything, but but it's not good for the kids, you know.
2: No, it's in not. In other words,
1: not. you you should have the patience to let them struggle until they, you know. I mean, if they really need help, okay, but you know, to for them to do it themselves and then you know make a few mistakes but get there eventually. The other reason I think affluent. Parents may do that is they don't want their children to fail or look bad. it might reflect on them, and that's you know it's kind of a selfish thing, but let's face it you know we're not we ain't you know none of us perfect, we all have our pluses and minuses, but uh you know this is this is the challenge let's face it you know we all have certain different challenges, and when I see someone with money and privilege. Do well, then it then it makes them an exceptional person, you know. Right. So that's the way right. you can look at it. But let's get back on the topic. We have about five or ten more minutes. Okay, so let me ask these questions I wrote down here. Uh, where the okay? So where does the dark side come from? And as you mentioned, and I went over briefly. It's emotional traumas that we normally, most emotional traumas are gotten when we're young because we're most vulnerable then. And uh, so, therefore, you know, we're going to struggle most of our life to try to overcome them, hopefully, or deal with them or try to hide them, whatever we might do. And the best way to defeat them, as you say, is to bring the light. In other words, to bring them out, to deal with them not to try to hide them. And, of course, you know, part of what you do, I'm sure, with your clients is you have them, you know, feel it and, and, uh, or I say feel it, find it, free it, and forget it. (laughs) Not quite simple, but those are the steps. And you want them to accept and open up to the light and uh, try to deal with whatever it is that's bothering them, and 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 when you do, it, it's free. You free yourself of it. Because here's the thing: if you don't control them, they control you. <laughs> so you have a choice, right? You either can be in control of those issues, or they control you from behind the scenes, right?
2: Well, they rule you. I mean, rule it you. still okay. goes back to, for me, the dark nights of the soul comes when we separate from divine light and love. And as you said, where does the dark side come from? You said emotional traumas, but I would also add past lives there, ancestral lineage influences... It could be upper limit, upper limit set points, and success sabotage behaviors, which means we don't feel worthy or deserving of what we're asking for. Now...
1: Okay. um, The dark side is the reason why we don't feel deserving, right? Right,
2: right, exactly. And then... Uh, Okay, the dark nights imply deep despair and provoke deep questions, and I think that's the answer is learning to ask the deep questions like who am I? Who am I is generally who am I in relationship to God? Why am I here? What do I need to learn? Why am I here? What is my purpose, and how can I fulfill it? Those are the deep questions we need to be asking, and those were the questions I was asking before I had that mystical experience. I was asking, what's the meaning of life? With the idea of also trying to find the purpose of my life. right. Everything and that's what's that. important, is learning to ask the deep questions.
1: And you had hit bottom. That was your bottom.
2: Well, I hit bottom, but I was asking the deep questions at the same time.
1: Right. Right. You okay, were ready. I was,
2: I was ready. You were ready. And that's the other thing. You were
1: open, you teaching. were ready, and you, you, were, know, they, and you they, were humble.
2: Well, I was gone. I like in the well, deep crying. Every part of my being left yeah. my body, and that's well, when I was filled with this light and love.
1: You were answered. Well, everybody has their moment. I had a moment. I had a spontaneous healing. I didn't ask for it per se, like you did. But I, it was a time I needed it. I was making a transition from the business work from the corporate world, working for a corporation, to starting something on my own. And it was during that transition period, I guess, you know, God knew I needed something, even though I may have had some idea I needed it, but I couldn't articulate it or understand it. But, you know, of course God did and gave me, you know, tightened me up, so to speak, and it closed a hole inside me in my solar plexus. Uh, void that I had so I had more you know uh, I was stronger in order to move forward and uh, change my life that's how I started that was the beginning of my healing practice or the beginnings of it uh, so that was you know that propelled me it took me a while but it propelled started me forward so you know I guess help is there if you but you have to be open to it you have to accept yeah. it, and you have to uh, be humble about it, and uh, and uh, I, as you say, open to God, open to love, and uh, you know that's it'll it'll your dark side will become light. But you have to you have to have the courage to look inside and not be afraid. Some some people are so afraid to look there because it feels bad, and uh, but. It feels much better than it feels bad when you overcome it, <laughs> if, if, if that makes sense. So, Any last words?
0: Well, Thoughts?
2: you know, it's really more about it's a spiritual crisis in a journey towards union with God. And that's the ultimate, is union with God, which I think of as light, love, and wisdom. Not a man watching over to reward and punish. Right. The destination is this light love. And we have to be willing to learn to get over the obstacles that stop us from experiencing it.
1: Yes, and don't get overwhelmed. Take it one little hill at a time. And then when you reach that hill, look over and go over the next one. And eventually, as long as you're moving in the right direction, you'll get there. And you can get a lot farther, a lot further than you could possibly imagine. But you have to keep going and have to believe in yourself. That's been my experience. Anyway, thank you, Penny Cohen, for being my guest. And thank you. Uh, Very interesting conversation today, and thank you everyone for listening to the show, and we're here Tuesdays, typically from 4 to 4.30, and uh, we broadcast uh, from Blog Talk Radio, and the show name is getting on top. I'm your host, Paul Morris, and Penny, why don't you tell people how they could find out more about you and what you're doing these days?
2: Okay, I'm Penny. I can be reached a penny at pennycohen.com. My phone number nine one four seven six four one seven zero eight, or you can look at my website pennycohen.com. And I'd like to put in a little advertisement in for a group that I belong to called the Katona Study Group. On September 14th, 6.30 to 9.30, if anybody is in Mount Kisco at Northern Westchester Hospital, James Mapes will be there. And if anybody wants to know any more about it, please feel free to give me a call, 914-764-1708, or they can sign up at the Katona K A T O N A H Study Group dot org.
1: Excellent. And I'll be there as well. Wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. And if uh again my name is Paul Morris and my website is depressives anonymous dot org, just like alcoholics anonymous, depressives anonymous dot org or dot com. And uh, I um, I just added something to the website. If people would like to make comments or ask questions, you can go there and, and send me your questions or comments, and I'll be happy to respond as soon as possible. And thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye, Penny, and we'll see you... Goodbye, uh, Paul. Thank you. Bye. Right. And we're going out to Freight Train Freddy, and uh, Freight Train Freddy is the name of... a. Uh, uh, Rhyming children's story I wrote. You can check out check that out at FTFCreations.com. FTF is in Freight Train Freddy creations.com Thank you. Bye.
0: He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run. Was long and hard and he had to be ready To get his freight train down the track Determination he would never lack The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend and they all helped him to the end to keep those freight cars rolling along steady, he never knew what to expect and was very careful not to wreck the little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. <laughs>